Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Good morning, church. How are you? Hey, good to see you. Uh, so my, my name is Bob, and we used to be on staff here, but now we're a uh, missionary. I'm sorry, like I'm really, I'm having a hard time. Um, I just got word that my friend from college, he uh, he's a water skiing pro, and he was he was doing a, a, a jump, and the rope got tangled around him, and his. His arms, they got there. He doesn't have arms anymore. And, and so they were able to recover him and get him out and put the, the, the arms on ice. And I mean, what else are you going to do? And then the ambulance came and on all the craziness, they, they took him away. But they forgot the, the cooler with, the, with his arms. So they went back to get it. But it wasn't there. And, and the police said it's the worst case of armed robbery they have ever seen. Thank you, Pastor Crow, for making this the kind of place where I can tell a tasteless joke like that, right? Because that's not the first tasteless joke you've ever heard, right? Ooh, that was bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, good news is that story is totally false. It didn't happen. It was just a joke. Yeah, now, see. <laughs> So we're going to talk about good news today. We're going to talk about things that are very good news. First, we have to talk about some bad news, though. Um, Pastor and Robin, they, Pastor and Pastor Robin, they were uh, in contact with someone this past week who has tested positive for COVID. So they are not here today, and they're going to be quarantining for a little bit, and that's why you got stuck with me. If you don't know me, uh, we used to be on staff here a while ago, um, worship pastors, now we're missionaries to Switzerland. Um, my wife is back there, and Annika, can you wave hi back there? That's, yes, that's about all you're going to get from Aaron. All right. Okay. Um, and um, uh, just a quick update on us. We, God has provided all the funding that we need to get back to Europe. And that is just incredible. Incredible that he's done that. There's this little thing called COVID. And it's messing up our plans to get back. Uh, Europe isn't letting Americans in yet. And so we're trying, we're looking at different ways of doing it. And... Um, but still keeping it legit. So if you keep us in, our, in your prayers for that, because we would love to be getting back there real soon. So parties, huh? You guys have been talking about parties. You had a really good party last weekend, uh, last Sunday night. It was like 12, 14 people got baptized or something like that. Yeah. That's fantastic. That is so good. And, and fireworks too, you know, it wasn't, I, I don't know, the, the normal Harvest Palooza style, but still a wonderful thing to celebrate. You know, it is such a pleasure, such an, uh, a privilege to be able to celebrate. Um, a couple months ago in July, I got to celebrate uh, earning my gray beard hair. I'm 40 years old now, so yes, yes, right? Everybody wants to turn 40, right? 
Yes, yes. So, so turn 40. Didn't have a huge bash, didn't have, you know, because this is what we do nowadays. But I had some people over and it was actually on my mom's birthday. She's 42. It's amazing how that happened. I don't know. This is crazy. At least, that, you know, no, she's not. And uh, my, my in-laws were retiring. Like there was a lot of things to be able to celebrate. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, another friend of mine turned 40. And, and we got to celebrate his 40th a few weeks ago. There's about nine of us guys that went mountain biking in Pennsylvania. Big, fat, four-inch wide tires on there. They, weren't, they were powered by my legs. They weren't powered with a machine like you do it, Mike. But it was so much fun. So much fun. I loved it. Great things to be able to celebrate, right? And, and, and we as a people, we get to do these things. One, one of the greatest pleasures of my life is going to be able to celebrate my 50th, 50th wedding anniversary with my wife many years from now. And it's going to be fantastic. And we're going to dance, right, babe? Totally going to dance. Slow dance. That's probably what's, what it's going to be. And, and, but just to have friends and family and grandkids around and all that kind of stuff. Just so looking forward to it. But I'm not just going to celebrate it then. I'm going to celebrate my relationship with my wife all the time. Because if I don't do that, then we'll never make it to 50, right? So, so being able to celebrate, I love this sermon series, being able to talk about partying. Because it's so important to life to commemorate something that's happened, to, to remember something that's happened, to, 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 to have something specific to, to party, to celebrate. And Jesus, while he was here on earth, he had a... A lot of things to party about. And I think, really, I think that his, his whole time here uh, during his ministry was a big celebration. You could call it a thousand-day party, right? Three years, about a thousand-ish days. That he got to party, healing people. He got, to, he got to feed a bunch of people miraculously, have conversations that totally changed the course of history, there was a lot to celebrate while Jesus was here. And, and, and one passage in particular, we'll get there in just a second, Matthew 9, um, it, it just, it talks about that. It talks about how Jesus just had a very different approach during those thousand days that he was coming at life from a very different angle, coming at it from a party mentality. And I, get, I don't know, Christianity is not just boring, Right? And, and following Jesus is not boring whatsoever. Maybe it's not the easiest thing in the world sometimes, but it is never boring. And we have so much to celebrate. And today, I really want to focus in on what Jesus was really celebrating while he was here and while he was ministering for a thousand days. So if you could stand with me, and we're going to read this in honor of God's word. If you could stand, and we'll, we'll read, we'll put it up on the screen. The first part probably makes sense to you, talking about a bridegroom and that kind of stuff. You know, a groom, we just call it today. But uh, the second part, a little bit different. We'll, we'll get to that. So here, here it is in Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 14. And then John's disciples came and asked him, asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often? But your disciples, they don't fast. And Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. Okay, so obviously, when the party's going on, you don't fast. 
During a wedding, that would make no sense to say, yep, today is my wedding, or today I'm in a wedding, and I'm going to fast today. That's, no, that doesn't make any sense. There was, there was one guy, you know, they were really seeking God's will for a, a different situation in their life, and they decided to fast in November over Thanksgiving? Like, either you're wacky or you're not an American, right? Like, who would do that? You know, he's just like, no, you don't fast during the party. And that's what Jesus was saying. The party is now. And, and my guys, they're, not, they're just not going to fast right now. There'll come a time, but right now is not that time. We can understand that. Let's go to the second part, because that's where it gets a little strange. And, and, and you know, it's like, how does that relate together? No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment and make the tear worse. Okay. Neither do people pour new wineskins into old wineskins, of course. Like, everybody knows that. If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. All right, glad we got that covered. Thank you. Come on, these are two things that happened all the time back in the day, uh, back when Jesus was around, back, you know, 2,000 years ago, sowing and making wine happened all the time. I, just, I don't know, somebody laughed there about sowing, like, yeah, like, <laughs> who sows? Um, yeah. I want to get into this because I believe that, man, what Jesus is saying right here, it's huge. It's, it's tremendously huge and gave him reason to party for a thousand days. Can we pray? And, and, and as we pray, can you ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, that his words would come alive to you? Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day that we get to celebrate together who you are. I thank you for your word that speaks truth to us, that speaks life to us. I pray that as we, we study your word, as we look into your word, that your life would flow through it. Holy Spirit, you are living and active and all over the whole earth. Would you be here to speak to us as well? Would our hearts be open to the fact that you are here? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Okay. So the first part, the bride part, like, that, that makes sense, right? So essentially what the leaders were saying, or sorry, what John's disciples were saying is that, all right, Jesus, there's a certain way that we do things around here, and you're not following the rules. Uh, there, are, there are certain laws that we adhere to, especially as good Jewish people back, uh, you know, 2,000 years ago, they... They had all sorts of ceremonies, all sorts of, you know, offerings, burnt offerings uh, that, that they would do. They would have uh, ceremonial cleansing things. They would wash their hands, wear certain clothes, not go certain places, certain days do things, certain days don't do things, all these different things. And Jesus just wasn't playing the game. And the guys are, the, the guys are saying, come on, like, you're, you're a Jew, right? Like, so why aren't you doing these things? And why are the, the people that you're leading, why aren't they doing them? And Jesus says, well, there's a really good reason for that. There is a party going on right now. And, and my party is going to last for a long time. And during that time, while I'm here, my guys aren't going to fast. 
And then he goes on to explain why. See, he tells us two examples of things that people did all the time back then. One was sewing. And he says, Don't, you, you can't put a piece of unshrunken cloth or new cloth on an old pair of clothes because you're going to, you know, cut it just right and you're going to patch it just right and, and then and it's going to fit perfectly, that new cloth on the old pair of clothes. And, and then when you wash it, you know, when you put it in the washing machine, you know, they didn't have washing machines like that. But when you wash it, it's going to shrink. The old stuff is not going to shrink. The new stuff is going to shrink and tear away from how you put it in there. You can't do that. That's just not going to work. Same token, you can't put wine into a, you can't put new wine into an old wine skin. Okay. Never uh, made wine before. I've never really seen a wine skin. I'm sure, I wonder if anybody out there has, but what they would do is they would take leather and make a pouch, sew it together, and, and then they would take that new leather that's still stretchy and pliable and they would pour new wine into it and then seal it off and then they would start to uh, to ferment and it would start to you know expand some and if you put that wine in there in a in a new wine skin they would both sort of grow together you know but after that leather has been stretched to its limit it's not going to stretch anymore so if you dump out that new wine, which is now old, and put in new wine, new, new wine, that new wine's going to expand and that leather's going to, does that make sense? It's going to pop, it's going to you know, break open. Does that make sense at all? Okay. So now you know exactly what Jesus is talking about, right? Like, of course, that's why he said, no, we're still, we're getting there. I really think that what Jesus is saying here is that I have a totally new way of doing life. The ceremonies that worked for approaching God before, the, the fasting, the feasting, the clothes, the, all that stuff that worked then, I'm bringing something totally new on the scene. And if you try and do it within the old construct, it's going to blow it up. Um, let me see sort of getting away from my notes, but I think, okay, here's, here, here's what I think he's saying as well. Our human nature is really this. It's to earn approval. It's to earn people liking us. It's to earn our position, earn our place in life. That's our human nature. And Jesus is saying there's a very different way of doing things. In fact, I think that all religions would say, would show you this is the way to earn your favor with God. But Christianity comes along and Jesus' teachings come along and say, this is the, the way to rest in your relationship with God, in, your, in God's favor on your life. You're, you're not working to earn it. You're learning how to rest in the favor that God has for you. This is totally different from all other religions, including Judaism. Totally different. You earn it. You do these things and you get to the good place or whatever that is. But Jesus says, no, you, you rest in me. You rest. This is how you rest in God's favor. 
totally different things and human nature will always buck against the second part. The second part, if you're online, like Pastor Matt, right? Take that number here and put it. So online, you're looking, I'm, yeah. So every religion in the world teaches how to earn God's favor. Christianity teaches how to rest in God's favor. Totally different paradigm that Jesus was bringing on the scene and he was trying to get this a point to everybody and everything that he did that this is a very new way of doing things. And if you try and do it the old way, it's never going to work. This is, this is the, the gospel. This is the gospel that Jesus was proclaiming. And we're gonna get to a definition of that in just a minute. But I, w- I wanna say that Jesus, his whole his whole ministry was in some form or another proclaiming the good news, which is the gospel. And we see that right in the beginning of Mark chapter one, where Jesus comes on the scene. And he says, he goes throughout all of Galilee, which is a region north uh, in Israel. So Jerusalem's down south and then Galilee's up north and it's nice, nice green lush area. And he was proclaiming the good news of God. He, he said, the time has come, so it's right now. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. I got to preach a couple Wednesday nights ago, and we got to lead worship with Pastor Garrett, and it was fantastic and wonderful. Um, really enjoyed that. And I, I, I was thinking that was the last time I was going to get to speak to anybody at Harvest Ridge in, in, in a group before we get to the field. Well, I get another opportunity today and I'm not gonna mess it up. I am going to tell you the gospel of Jesus Christ because that is the only reason worth living. That is the only thing that brings us into this life that Jesus promised for us. And the key component of that is the kingdom part. And the kingdom is not something that we normally talk about. A kingdom is something that we... You know, we, we, have, we have nations, we have governments, we have presidents and stuff like that. We don't really talk about kingdoms anymore. So it might be a foreign concept. So I'm going to use the car as an example. So in a car, a child in the back seat thinks that this is their kingdom. You know, they have their domain that no one comes within this kingdom. And there might, may or may, may not be a line. There might be like a crease in the seat that they say, this is my line. You can't cross it, right? And if they do, the parents are going to hear about it, right? Okay, wonderful thing having your kids in car seats and, and all that stuff. You know, there might be one good reason for having car seats and that those fights don't happen. But you still have arms. You can still, you know, annoy and pester. Um, so the, the kids have their domain, but really, you know, little do they know that dad is actually ruler over the whole car. That's his kingdom. And they're just a, a, a little portion of the kingdom there. I was going to say peon, but that doesn't sound right. You know, you don't want to call your kids peons. Who would do that? And, and so, right, Annika? Like, who would do that? No. Okay, no smiles from there. So the dad's kingdom is actually the whole car. And, and the way that they know that is because dad's arm can, can reach back there, you know, and, and get there. And, and if, if dad's arm does reach in there, then the kid's kingdom gets smaller and they shrink back into their corner. Uh, clue for new dads. All you have to do is feather those brakes a little bit and those kids jump right back into the kingdom where you can reach them. Just saying. Just saying is just a great little trick that you can use when you need to. God has a kingdom. 
God is a kingdom in which he rules and there are no egos. No one is anxious. There is peace. Everything, yay, right? Everything meets the standard of God's approval and his delight in every relational encounter that may have started in strife ends in joy. God is the servant and the caretaker of this kingdom. He's the ruler. He died for it to be available to us. And Jesus says that this kingdom exists right now for you and I to jump into it at any moment. He invites us to jump into it. And, and the good news is that this offer to exist in the kingdom is available to you and me right now, also forever. And not just getting into heaven and, 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 okay, so this is the part that sort of gets crazy because down here on earth, like there's still going to be a bunch of junk that we go through. But this kingdom is a place of rest and peace inside. That even though you could be going through the worst situation ever, the kingdom of God has come near for you to live and operate in that, knowing that God has come near. So this is Jesus' gospel. I've been looking for a while for the, like, how to, how to sum this thing up. Because Jesus talks about the kingdom in so many different ways and so many different parables. And he, he talks about what life with God is supposed to be like in so many different ways. And it's like, how do you narrow this down? And so this is, this is the, the, the gospel that I, I'd like to say. This is the definition that I like right now. Um, Tim Keller's a pretty reputable guy. I like what he has to say there. Everything that I've been reading and researching on it, I think this is a pretty good way of saying it. And so if you were here a couple Wednesday nights ago, you got to see this. And I'm sure you totally remember it, but I'm going to put this up here for everybody else. Right? What is the gospel? Before I get there, I, I, I just have to say this. I've been a minister of the gospel for a long time. I could not have told you what it was. I thought it was something that got made up. After Jesus, you know, left, that they just like, oh, okay, we'll just put his teachings together and call it the gospel. No, this, this is what Jesus preached. It wasn't made up after him. The gospel is that God himself has come. That's the first part. God himself has come to rescue and renew creation. That's part number two. And number three, in and through the work of Christ Jesus on our behalf. This is the gospel message. This is the good news for all all time, for all eternity, for every situation. This is the only good news. God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Christ Jesus on our behalf. You should probably pay attention to that because I'm going to take some of those words away in just a minute, just like when we were in kindergarten, and you're going to have to go over it with me, okay? So I'm hoping I'm getting that in there. You're getting those words in there. God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through. I'm not going to step on those pedals. Sorry, guys. Uh, Jesus Christ, I'm right half. Okay. All right, let's take some away. Let's see what we can do with Julie. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, say it with me here. God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Okay, good. Good. Most of us got this. Let's do this again, all right? Here we go. 
God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the of Jesus Christ on our behalf. I hope that you commit this to memory because in any situation you get into, there's all sorts of lies that want to be thrown your way. And if you hold on to this rock, Jesus's teaching, God himself has come. He is right here, right now, all time. You don't even have to think about it. He is right here. All we have to do, though, is open up our eyes and our heart to realize it. And, 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 and God of all creation, like God who has made all the stars, the sun that is 93 million miles away, and yet we can feel its heat, and we are perfectly placed going around that sun, and there's billions of other suns all over the place, and we can't even count them all. And, oh, what, oh, man, we said, if you were to count every star for one second, you know, one, two, Three. Oh, there's another star. Four, five. If you were to do that, the stars that we know of right now, it would take three thousand years to count them. Is that what? Is that what we were reading in the devotion? Something like that. It was something crazy like that. You could count for the next, I don't know, two or three thousand years, and still not get there. That's how many stars there are. We're not talking planets. We're not talking asteroids and stuff. Crazy. That God who made all of that with the breath of his mouth is right here with you. And we're not talking about like Hulk smash kind of God who just, you know, wants to destroy you. His plan is to rescue and renew you and I. That is his plan in, 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 in unfathomable love. And he didn't, this isn't available if you get to the bar, if, if you jump over it, if you jump high enough, if you do this and that. And it's made available through the work of Jesus Christ so it doesn't depend on you. God's standards are perfect. Jesus is perfect. And in and, and, and his favor and, and you entering into this kingdom, it doesn't depend on your goodness because that would never work depends on God. You ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? Seen that one where, where there's this, this uh, soldier in World War II, he's behind enemy lines and, and the government, uh, government of America sends out like eight guys or something to go and rescue him. Their sole mission is to get him out from enemy lines. I, th I think all of them die. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But during uh, Tom Hanks is in his, his, his like dying breath, he leans over to Ryan as they're just about close to, you know, the rescue point, And he tells Ryan, earn this. Earn this, Ryan. And that might sound like, yeah, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to live a life that can earn the lives of that's worth the lives of eight people dying for me? What? What kind of weight is that to live under? No, it's, it's our salvation. Our, every good thing that we have available to us is dependent on Christ. He's teaching us how to rest in what he's done. 
And that's the gospel according to, to Jesus. Now, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, these are, it, it wasn't just Matthew, Mark, Luke, John before. It used to be it's called the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Luke and to John and, and, and to, yeah. I missed somebody in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. <laughs> so, so they're just different ways of telling the good news of Jesus coming in, in, in this, that God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. So they had a gospel, but it was really relaying Jesus's gospel. But all of us have a gospel, um, and a lot of times it has nothing to do with this gospel. Uh, these different gospels could be something like, uh, if you work hard at exercise and diet, you will live a healthy life. That's a gospel message. That's, a, that's somebody's good news. Some people that sounds awful. Uh, other people, that's, that's their good news. Um, if you, uh, yeah, if, if everybody would just vote for the right person, then, right? That's their gospel. We live in a post-Christian society where Christ isn't really all that revered anymore and neither is the message of Christianity. And so people have this in, uh, like, uh, this deep-seated reason or desire for uh, following something, and so they've made their religion no longer Christianity or Judaism or, you know, whatever. They, they've made it politics. And so you wake up first thing in the morning and you listen to the news and see how your politician's doing and what the numbers are and, and what kind of plans they're going to bring about to bring world peace and you don't have to pay for college anymore and you don't, you get free healthcare and all this great stuff. And so that is the new religion of the post-Christian society. People were so angry when Trump got elected because a progressive says, we're progressing towards something. We're progressing to a beautiful new world. And this is where we're going. And how could you morons vote for Trump and put him in there? People were so angry about that because their gospel got trounced. Their hope got trounced. Maybe for some people it's sports. Their sports team winning. Those, you know... Uh, we, we live in a world also that says that the beautiful world is available to us now. The beautiful place where I can sit on a, on a, in a cafe in the, on, the, on a street corner, you know, with shady trees all around, and I can drink my whatever $5 pumpkin latte spice thing, you know, right? And you can, you can drink that there with your friends and discuss your beautiful world. Is that what you're hoping in? The job that you think, I mean, if I just got that job, that job would just solve everything. If my, if my husband would, what's the gospel that you're telling yourself? Because any gospel besides Jesus Christ will get smashed, it will fall. Jesus is the stone that the builder has rejected. Anyone who stumbles on this stone, we broke into pieces, and anyone who lets this stone be, well, this stone will crush them. It crushes everything. Um, 
hey, we know this story all too well. About this time, what, 19 years ago, a bunch of people were heading to work in a beautiful city on a beautiful September day, living in the beautiful world. Little did they know that planes would crash into their beautiful world. It's awful, awful, tragic thing. Any gospel, any good news will be destroyed on this earth, except for Jesus. He's the only one that will last. So God is present here and now. This is the gospel. God is acting. And you get the invitation to revise and rebuild your life. This isn't your kingdom. We pray, your will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the kingdom of God that you get invited to live in. This is a cosmic opportunity and experience to rest in his favor and in his world and his kingdom right now. Four thousand BC or so. I don't know. Maybe it was three thousand BC. I can't. I don't know. First woman alive was the gospel was heralded to her. Snake messed things up, and God said, "All right, we're gonna. We're, we're, a plan has been put in place so that your offspring is going to get his heel bitten by the snake, but your offspring is going to crush his head." 700 BC, a message through the prophet Isaiah came through. Isaiah 43, verse 2. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You're mine. Now, if somebody else says, if there's a Hulk smash kind of God that wants to destroy you, I don't want to be his. Like, what? But a God who is rescuing and redeeming all of creation says, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Thirty years after Jesus left, Titus writes about this and he says, He saved us not for the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the renewal and the rebirth of, of, that, that he brought about through the Holy Spirit and he lavished on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. He saves us forever. This is our hope. This is our hope. We hope in nothing else. We hope in Jesus Christ saving us over and over and over again. Today we sing about it. You are here, moving in this place. I worship you. You are here because he is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. That is who our king is. You have been invited to realize that he is with you at all times. Okay, so why did Jesus party? He was announcing a brand new way of doing things that if it was done in the old constructs would totally be blown apart because the old construct says you earn this. The new construct says you rest in the favor of God Almighty. And you follow if you follow this way, this narrow way, 
You know, we talk about a stairway to heaven, but a highway to hell, right? In the stairway to heaven, that is not easy. You follow this way, it's called discipleship. And you follow this the rest of your life and you make disciples, you get to live in this kingdom. That's what Jesus was announcing. That's why he was parting. That God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. How do you live in this? Let's go back to Mark chapter one, verse 14 and 15. Mark chapter one, verse 14 and 15, it says, the time has come, the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. Okay, repentance isn't something that you just do when you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord way back when, when you got saved. This is something that we do constantly, constantly. Because over and over and over again, you are going to hear lies about what the reality of the situation is. You're going to think that you are the one who has to save yourself, save your family, earn it. You're the one who it's all resting on. And every time you believe that way, it's like you're putting a brick on yourself. But Jesus says there's only one rock that you put your bricks on. Only one rock, because otherwise the storm's gonna come and you're out. So you believe, sorry, you repent of that wrong belief that says that I've got to make it happen. That man, if, if my guy doesn't get in office, ah, if, what if we have to wear these stupid masks the rest of our life? Ah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, but we repent of that being our good news. And we believe the right way. We believe in who Jesus Christ really is. That he is here right now. That God is all powerful. That he is, his plan is to rescue and renew you and your family and your relationships in this whole world one day. All of creation has been groaning for this. This is what we get to live in. And when you repent, and this is something, honestly, you're going to have to do all the time. All the time. Turning away from the wrong beliefs, believing wrong, and then believing what is true. And that, folks, is why we put this in our hearts. You commit this stuff to memory because when the enemy comes against you and wants you to believe a bunch of trash, what are you going to say? Oh, no, President Trump's going to save me. Come on. I'm inviting you into this. And if you have not been living in the kingdom, if you would say, I've been, I've been believing totally wrong about this situation, and you want to believe a new way, you enter into the kingdom of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. And I want to ask you to stand with me if you want to and say, I want to live in that kingdom. I want to live in that kingdom. I don't care what I've been doing lately. I don't care where I've been. Today, moving forward, I will. I turn away from the trash belief that's been fed to me and that I have accepted, that I have accepted, and that I turn and say, Jesus Christ, you've got this. I want to be in your kingdom. Today, we're going to sing. Lead it up. Go for it lead, walk into this kingdom of Jesus' promise to us.